listening to another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. This is like a, a, a reminder of what took place last week. Now, if you uh, weren't around last week, I'm sure you would have noticed that it was a pretty significant time on the Christian calendar. It was Easter, and we celebrated Easter. And um, what I feel really um, challenged by is that often a lot of us Jesus followers, we celebrate Easter once a year, whereas um, Jesus actually called us to celebrate Easter every day. Like every day is Easter. Now that does not uh, now validate the reason why you can just go and eat as many Capri eggs as you want every day, right? And hot crust buns to God be the glory. No, um, this is actually just us reminding um, of what Jesus had done for us or has done for us. And so uh, this is what the church was actually meant for. You realise that that's why the ecclesia, the called out ones, were meant to be constantly reminding each other, hey, do you remember what he did? Do you remember what he did? And so we were always going back to that. And I think sometimes in the busyness of life, we kind of lose sight of that and we forget that and we go into religious routine, we go into motion without meaning and that's really what religion is. Religion, some people think religion is that, you know, the guy, that type of church, you know, with the, with the wooden pews and the guy walking down the aisle swinging and then handbag on fire, you know, like, no, that's not religion. Uh, religion is actually a state of the heart. That's what it is. It's not the style of church, it's a state of heart. It's when I go to motion and miss out the meaning of what God is all about, what He did for me. So here we go. We're going to turn to Scripture, Second uh, Corinthians chapter five and verse, verse thirteen. Second Corinthians chapter five and verse thirteen. Paul the apostle he he writes this. I love this opening line. If it seems we are crazy, now how many people here have met some Christians? You're like, you know what? Those guys are crazy. Well, it's in the Bible. Yeah, we are. We are. Now, some are a little crazier than others, you know what I mean? Because church is kind of like a fruitcake. There's a little fruit and there's a whole bunch of nuts. But, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> in saying that, Paul says, if it seems like we're crazy, it's to bring glory to God. And if we are in our right, in our right minds, or it is for your benefit, verse 14, either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our Old life. Everyone say old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life, everyone say new life, will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Verse 16. So we've, we've actually stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. In other words, we don't, like if you're a Jesus follower, we don't look at people the way everyone else does. We don't judge. We don't judge a book by its cover. We don't judge a people by their journey. We don't judge people by what they had once done before. We don't judge that way. Why? Because if we started that journey, we would then have to point the judgment straight on ourselves because we're all pretty, come on, we're all on the same boat. You know what I'm saying? You know, the USS jacked up. We're all on it, right? And, and we've been saved by grace. But the Bible says we don't do that anymore. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know Him now. This means that anyone... Anyone, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. The old life is gone. The new life, it has begun. Uh, and I want to talk to you uh, tonight really briefly uh, from the topic of the repercussions of resurrection. 
the repercussions of resurrection, and, and I just want to come back to that moment last Easter Sunday to be reminded, or to remind us, I should say, again. But also, um, if you want a big point, just one big point you can walk away with tonight, uh, is this, it, that re- resurrection equals a new beginning, a new nature, and a new future. I'll say that again. Resurrection equals a new beginning, a new nature, and a new future. Okay, so let's pray and unpackage this tonight. Now, and again, if you're new to all this, just, just for these next like, few moments that we have together, just give me a blank canvas. Uh, and you can make your mind up at the end, but, but just, just give God, I should say, a blank canvas. Let him speak to you about who he really is tonight. Not religion, relationship. That's what he wants to talk to you about. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you for everything you're doing uh, and for this amazing community. I pray for those today who feel maybe far from you or who are on a faith journey uh, and they've just stumbled across this place that uh, tonight they would recognize above everything else, you love them, you're obsessed with them, Lord. And uh, if anything, this was a big setup that they would come to know that, God, that that would be the one thing that they would walk away from tonight, that they are loved by you. But I pray for us who are on the Jesus journey. God, let us be reminded again of the repercussions of what took place, not just on that cross, but a couple of days later when you rose again. So God, we thank you. We give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Um, Have you ever found yourself in a place and wondered, how did I get here? How did I get here? Now, some of you are like, that's the night, okay? But have you ever found yourself in a place and wondered, like, how did I, how did I get here? Like, um, for instance, like maybe on public transport, have you ever been that person who has fallen asleep? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You've missed your stop. You've woken up. How did I get here? Uh, have you ever had that? Okay, let's put it this way. Have you ever been on public transport and the person next to you falls asleep <laughs> and, and, they, and their heads kind of rocks onto your shoulder? And it's at that point you're like, do I be a Christian and be like, peace, my child? Or do you like, oh my gosh, just get off. Okay, like, (laughs) now can I ask you a question? Have you ever been the person that's fallen asleep? Yeah. Well, I have. Yeah, I have, I have. And I'm about to share a story with you that's very vulnerable, but I feel like we're, we're, we're friends and we, are, we have that level of depth of vulnerability. Um, but again, I asked the question, have you ever found yourself in a place and wondered, how did I get here? Um, me and my wife, Alana, we actually won a trip to South Africa many, many years ago. Uh, well, she won it uh, as a door prize, but when you get married, two become one, so I win. So, so we, go to, uh, we go to fly into um, uh, South Africa. We arrive in Johannesburg. We then arrive at a, a safari park called Makutsi. It was awesome. Big, huge timber gates. Uh, when, you, when we pulled up, the guy, his name was Piers, he said, can you, can you, he's like, can, can you go, do you mind opening the door? So sure, so I get out of the car, I push open the big, huge timber doors, walk through, I shut the gate behind him as the car drives through, I hop back in the car, I said, man, Piers, it's so good you got those big gates there, man, like to keep all those animals out. He looks at me, he's like, no, that's to keep the animals in. I said, excuse me? Yeah, to keep the animals in. I'm like, bro, so you're saying I was out there, like in the wild with the animals? He's like, yeah. I'm like, that's not funny. That's not fun. We then drive. It was crazy. Actually, we get to one point where we get to the um, uh, to, to their cabin, and it was literally on dusk. And so he pulls up, and between us and the end of the stage is long grass, and then the front door of the cabin. Right? He just turns on a flashlight and points it at the front door. At the front door, literally, and he goes, "Have a good night." I said, "Excuse me." He's like, "Have a good night." I'm like, what, "We're supposed to walk through the long grass?" Like I've watched David Attenborough documentaries. 
I know what lurks in the long grass. I'm saying, you know, I can imagine his voice just coming over. And the female pounces the man. Like, I'm waiting for it, right? So I turn to Atlanta. I'm like, ladies first. <laughs> okay, so anyway. <laughs> the next day we go for a uh, safari drive. That's for a, a place called um, Kruger National Park. We're driving through the park. Um, this particular safari drive, I am sitting in the middle of a bench seat, uh, enclosed vehicle. We're looking at all the amazing animals. And on my right-hand side is my wife, Alana. On the left-hand side is this 80-year-old German lady. I am um, I'm tired. I'm jet-lagged. And again, I ask the question, have you ever set, found yourself in a place and wondered, how did I get here? Okay, so I am, I, I am so jet-lagged and tired that I, just, I'm, I find the inertia of the car just rock me to sleep. So I fall asleep in the car. Like I fall asleep. Fate would have it that my head would not fall to the right-hand side where my wife's beautiful shoulder was. No, no, no. No, I fall to the left-hand side. My head is now on this 80-year-old German lady's shoulder. It gets worse. My, I am such, in such a deep comatose state that it's not my body's like, just let it go, man. Just let go. Just relax. And so what starts at her shoulder, my head slips off and lands in the 80-year-old German lady's lap. You know what's awkward about this story? Besides that, <laughs> is that my wife, Elena, thinks, oh, this is not a, she, she doesn't think this is potentially an awkward moment. No, she leaves me there for a half an hour. <laughs> half an hour. Have you ever found yourself in a place and wondered, how did I get here? How did I get here? So I now wake up half an hour later. I wake up. I'm like, well, I don't remember lying down. What, what is going, I look, I'm like, why is that floral? What is that? I look up. There is the 80-year-old German lady and she is looking down on me and she is stroking my head. <laughs> She's, she's like, is there my little schnitzel? She's getting into it. Have you ever found yourself in a place and wondered, how did I get here? How did I get here? Now, you might not be able to relate to this story literally. And if you, if you can, then we should hang out. But um, have, you felt, have you ever found yourself in a place internally, uh, mentally, emotionally, spiritually even, where you wonder, how did I get here. What's interesting about life and the human condition is I find that we don't often wake up in the morning and premeditate the places we intend to end up in. No one wakes up in the morning and says, by the end of the day, I hope I am depressed. No one wakes up in the morning and one, by the end of the day, I hope I feel extremely anxious. But yet we find ourselves arriving in these places unpremeditated, but yet we arrive there and we wonder, how did I get here? How did I get in this place? How did I arrive in this place? I didn't mean to. It wasn't my intention. It wasn't my hopes. It wasn't my dreams. But yet as the human beings, don't we seem to drift into places that we didn't intend to be in? And it's at that point, my question, I want to relate to you here today that yes, we have all been on that journey. But what do you do when you find yourself in a place and you wonder, how did I get here? It's not so much the question of why did I get here? Why did I get here? The better ones to ask, well, what do I do now? What do I do? Now, now, I found in my own journey, right, that, that, that I found myself often in places and I'm like, well, how did, I, how did I get here? How do I arrive here? And in that time, in that place, I actually go back to God. I'm like, God, what is the deal? Like, what's the deal? Like, I am a Jesus follower, I have been for some time. And in my journey with Jesus, I found myself in those places and I'm like, God, I thought what you did on the cross and the whole resurrection thing was going to change my life forever. Why do I find myself here again? 
And maybe that's your issue right now. Maybe like me, you've entered into those moments. How did I get here? And the Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart grow weak. And so in your, your pursuit of wanting to change and experience the change that Christ kind of brings into our lives, you have drifted into a place that you didn't want to be in. And you're like, God, where are you? What's going on? And it's at that point we must recognise it is quite normal. So I'm here to encourage you that that happens. That on the journey of faith, you will find yourself in places, man, how did I get here? What's going on? But the beautiful part about the journey with Jesus is that he doesn't want you to stay in that place. But it's when I'm in that place, I must recognize that, man, there was repercussions to his resurrection. Like I, I actually have something that took place in me that changes everything. So as much as I am here, this is not where I belong. I'll put it to you this way. Have you, ever, have you ever moved houses, but moved houses to a place that was nearby where you, where you lived once before? Do you know what I'm talking about? You maybe moved around the corner or moved to a next suburb. And then on the way home from work and the busyness and the craziness of the day, your mind is swimming and then you arrive at your old address. You're like, what an idiot. What am I doing here? I don't live here. I'm here to submit to you this thought that often the journey of when we drift in our faith and drift into those deep and dark times, we must remind ourselves, hold on a sec, I don't live here anymore. The Bible actually says, I am a new creation in Christ. Come on, I have a new beginning in God. So yes, we can drift back to our old address, but that's not where I live anymore. There were repercussions to the resurrection. And this is where we come to Scripture. Paul writes, if it seems like we're crazy, if it seems like, man, we are going, like things have changed in our lives, it has, and it hasn't because we have just tried harder to be better people and better Jesus followers. No, there were repercussions to what Jesus did on our behalf, and it's changed the way we're living our lives. It's changing me. And, and, so, and so I'm going to move really quickly here, but I, ha- I need to unpackage this because basically what Paul is saying, that when you encounter Jesus, what he did on your behalf, listen, um, the, the, the death of Jesus took away sin, but do you realize that the resurrection then gave us something? So the resurrection was subtraction. Come on, but the, sorry, sorry the uh, crucifixion was subtraction, but the resurrection was addition. Like things got given to me that then changed the way I do life. Change the way I live this side of eternity. And so Paul says, basically, uh, when it comes back to, to, to those struggles in life and those issues and those, those deep, dark, difficult times that I find myself in, I come back to what he has done on my behalf. Like I come back to the repercussions of the resurrection. He says, first things first, well, what, what I've got to recognize is that because of Jesus, I actually, number one, I have a new beginning. I have a new beginning. Now this is... This is I, I think sometimes it's like, if, if you're new to all this, this might be like, wow, I didn't know this. But I think as Jesus followers, we become so familiar yeah. with Jesus and church that we forget how profound this actually is. Yeah. So, so can I just, imagine, imagine, imagine if every deep, dark, secret, thought, action, anything you ever did was written down and put in a book. Could you, do you reckon that would be a pretty crazy book? Okay, I'm going to put it this way. Like, imagine if there was the secret life of James Murray. Where did this prop come from? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so, but, but imagine. Um, can I ask you this question? Would you want anyone reading it? Would you, would you mass produce it and go, hey, no, let's come over for a coffee. Let's talk, you know. Let's do a book club. Like, no one want to do that. But, but do, do you realize um, the Bible actually alludes to the fact that that is actually the case 
in heaven. Whoa, 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 whoa. That just got really, really deep quickly. But I'm going to unpackage this for you for a moment. Watch this. Uh, Revelation chapter 20. Let's chuck this up on the screen. This is what actually says about yours and my life. And this is why I need to, I need to remind you of this so we actually recognize the repercussions of what took place. Revelation 20 verse 11 says this. And I saw a great white throne and sitting on it, the earth and sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. Next verse goes on to say, I saw the dead, both great and small. And he's not, he's not, he's not talking about some walking dead thing. This is not some you know, Michael Jackson thriller moment. No, this is actually every single person who ever existed stands before God one day, both great and small. In other words, people who have great prominence and people who no one knew about. All of us will stand before him. And the Bible goes on to say, and they, and watch this, it's standing before God's throne, and the books were opened, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. So this is what I need you to understand here today. That when you and I have sinned and failed and fallen short, there was a record of it. There was. And this is what is so profound about the message of the gospel. That when you and I say yes to Jesus... Notice this, there were two types of books. Now, there are books up there, which means then, like how many people know the secret life of me is not this? <laughs> it's volumes. It's volumes, man. It's crazy. So that what he's talking about when he says books, that's talking about everything we've ever done. But there's one book, and it's called the book of life. And when you and I said yes to Jesus, this book is no longer in play. That is the message of the gospel. So one day when we stand before God, He is not going to flick through and go, did you deserve? Did you do enough? Did you do this thing? Did you do that thing? No, every action has been nullified by the work of the cross. Now I stand before Him as a new person. I get a new beginning. This is awesome. Some of you got to catch this today because you keep going through the archives of the life you once lived. And you need to recognize that's not who I am anymore. Come on, that's not my address anymore. I am a new creation in Christ. I have a new beginning. So catch that. That, that changes the way we live. There's repercussions to that. It changes the way I view myself. It changes the way I view everything about me. Next thing, not only do we get a new beginning, but we get a new nature. So, so catch this. Um, Paul actually says, you know what, that anyone who comes along, man, they're going to get a new beginning. But then he goes and says that, that it doesn't say new beginning. He says there's a new person involved as well. In other words, um, the reason why that's so important, because if you think God is just a God of second chances, there's no hope in that. There's no hope. Why? Because if I did a mistake and God just forgave the mistake alone and didn't change me, the chances are I'm just going to do it again. So Jesus, through the work of the cross, didn't just give you a new beginning. He said, not only am I going to give you a new beginning, but I'm going to give you an entirely new nature. Okay, you're not catching this, ready? Okay, so years ago, years ago, me and my wife, Alana, my in-laws bought a house. We went in on a house together. Um, and when we went to uh, look at the house, we didn't realise that the house was actually going to be on TV. And so I actually had 15 seconds of fame. It was awesome. It was on a show called Auction Squad. Does anyone remember Auction Squad? Okay, yeah, old show. Um, but, but what they do is, that, actually, I've got a picture I want to show you of me standing out front of Auction Squad during the filming. And this might, wow, would you look at that? <laughs> That's me. Um, in, some people are like, wow, were you a model for Vinnie's? Yes, I was. Okay, so, <laughs> so 
<laughs> Horrible. <laughs> so please, just put it, put it down. Anyway, so this is actually, that was actually me. That was from TV. That was actually what I was wearing. Dear Jesus, it's a new beginning. Okay, so... But um, we actually went for the house. We were on auction squad. We, when we go there, we go to check out the house. And then a couple of, literally probably about two weeks later, um, you come back to auction for the house. And in that two-week period, they actually renovate the house so that when you go to buy it, hopefully its value has gone up. And so we arrive at the house for the auction day and at the front of it, it looked amazing. Like they had done the landscaping, had painted it. It was was so good, but we weren't allowed to go inside. And so we do the auction, we bid, guess what? We get the house, it was so good. We celebrated, we kissed, it was great, like me and my wife. And then from there, we, we go inside the house. To our shock and horror, they'd only renovated the front of the house and one room inside of it and left the other two bedrooms untouched, didn't even paint the sides of the house or the back of the house, and left the backyard untouched. So, safe to say I was a little bit ticked. But, but here's my point. Um, Jesus is not into renovation rescue. He's not. He's not. Why? Because when Jesus comes along and he just renovates one part of your life, man, God, I just want you to handle this part of my life that's a little bit messy and a little bit kind of, it's out of whack right now. Jesus didn't come in and just go, okay, let me handle that. No, because again, we would go and mess up another part of our lives and another thing in our lives. So he says, I need to not have a renovation rescue. No, I need to rebuild the thing from scratch. So now he says, I'm going to give you a new nature, which means then I now approach life differently. Why? Because I'm not the person I was. I have a new nature and the propensities that I had before I met Christ to do certain things, they are going to change. Why? Because I don't, I'm not the me I was once before. I haven't just renovated the outside to make myself look new Christian and all Christianese. No, no. I actually have become a new creation in Christ. So you get a new beginning. You get a new nature. And then Paul says, um, not only that, but, but, but we actually have... We have a new future. We have a new future. So the repercussions of the resurrection is not only that I have a, I, I, I get the old book now obsolete and I have my name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, come on, the Book of Life, and I now have a new nature so I'm not the person I once was, even on the inside. God is changing everything. Last but not least, I actually get a new future. Like, in other words, the view of the life I now live is way different to the way it used to be. You're here today and you're like, why do these crazy Christians love this area so much? Like, why do they do all these big community? Like, why do they do that big festival and invite the whole community to come along? Yeah. Hey, why do they come and like serve on Sundays? Like not pay, but just up here doing stuff. Like a lot of volunteers who do every single. Why do they do that? Why? Because we see through a new filter, our future. And what's changed for a lot of us here in this room, the repercussions of the resurrection is that we believe that this life is not the only life we live. That there is more to this life on the other side. So the life I live on this side, I live a different way. We live selflessly. We live with forgiveness instead of hatred. Come on, we live with love. We live with joy. We live differently responding to people around us. Why? Because we have a new future. And let me tell you, the future isn't just the next couple of years ahead on this side of eternity. No, our new future is in heaven. You see, I um, put it to you this way. When I was younger, I was, a, oh, I was the weird kid. Um, some of you like that makes it. 
a lot of sense. But I used to entertain myself. I grew up with four older sisters, and so I wasn't playing with them because they were playing their things, and what am I going to do? So I was going to entertain myself. So I remember having this one game I used to play. I actually used to love um, riding my bike, and I would find a reasonably straight street. And then I would close my eyes and see how far I could ride without opening them. (laughs) Don't act like you haven't done that. I remember this one particular street, I did it on continually. I remember riding, and what was interesting uh, is it doesn't matter how hard you try to hold the handles and stay straight, even on a reasonably straight road, it's amazing. With your eyes closed, you start to drift. You just drift. I can't explain it. It just is what it is. I remember this one particular time, my eyes were so close, and suddenly, I smashed into a parked car, went rolling over the bonnet, over it onto my back, and I got up and walked away quickly because I wasn't hurt, but... And, and I didn't want anyone else to see. But anyway, so I, I figured, um, man, it's so hard to progress forward in life without any vision, without seeing clearly. It's amazing what you smash into. It's amazing what you, what really you, you don't even mean to, you unintentionally end up in places that you didn't end up, end up wanting to be in. But because I couldn't see clearly the future God has for me, I find myself drifting into all types of things. But I'm here to tell you one of the repercussions of the resurrection is you actually start to see the future and not just any future, your future differently. You look at life differently. You look at those people differently. You look at what we do here differently every single week. Why? Because there were repercussions to what Jesus did through the death, the burial, and the resurrection. So here's here's what I want to encourage you tonight, church, as we start to land this plane that um, I guess like, how does that change my nine to five, man? Like, because I find often we do relegate the story of Jesus and the resurrection and we don't actually let it affect the way we live our lives. Like we really don't. We, we actually relegate it to just a, a moment in time on the landscape of history. And yes, it's our belief system, I guess. Like, yeah, I believe he rose again. But do you realize there were actually repercussions in you? And the more and more you start to reflect on the repercussions of the resurrection, it starts to change the way you live your life. And there's some people here tonight, and the truth is, you keep finding yourself in places wondering, how did I get here? What am I doing here? I didn't mean to get here. And at that point, I want to encourage you, come back to the resurrection. Like, come back to this moment. Come back to what He did on your behalf. Come back to that moment. When you start to come back to that internal feeling of, man, I hit my past and all the bad things I've done wrong. Come back to the fact that He gave you a new beginning. And when you feel the urge to want to do the things that your old life wanted to do, start to remind yourself, I have a new nature in Christ. That's not who I am anymore. And then when you start to drift into a place of, man, I'm starting to live for me in this myopic, self-centered life that everyone else is living. I come back to the resurrection and say, oh my goodness, no, that's not who I am anymore. I have a new future. My direction in life has changed. I live no longer for me, but that others might come to know Christ the same way I know Him. So, so what area do you need to be reminded of the resurrection tonight? What do you need a reminder of? What do you need to let Christ invade that area of your life? Because you feel tonight, man, James, I, I don't know what I'm doing here in that, my, my internal world, my mental world, my emotional world. And again, you need to reflect the resurrection can change that. It really can. This is not just words on a book. 
This is actually power. Why? Because the same power that rose Christ from the grave lives in you. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.